I love a beautiful lawn. You love a beautiful lawn. Everybody loves a beautiful lawn, but they don't love how long it takes and how difficult it can be. And that is where True Green comes into play because it's the easiest and most affordable way to get that beautiful lawn. Let's be real. You've got plenty of other things to do in your free time than focus on your lawn care. So let True Green take care of all of that hard work while you get to do everything else that you want to do like go play golf. Here's what you need to do. Visit truegreen.com. Okay. It allows you to do you let them do the lawn care. And if you visit truegreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, that is all guaranteed. You can trust true green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. It's truegreen.com. Get started now. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and we are breaking down the unbelievable finish at the Charles Schwab Challenge. And to do that, let me bring in the crew. Uh, Kyle Porter, we'll start with you. Uh, I feel like you and I have not stopped talking all day. Have you had a chance to take a breath and take in this uh, leaderboard that we saw this afternoon? I, I I don't I don't think I've had a chance to take a breath, but I have some just absolute takes after what I saw. Have you seen? By the way, Rick, have, real quick, have you seen this meme of Bryson floating around Twitter? Which one? Yeah, he's, he's gonna have to be more specific. He well, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. He's uh, he's bent over backwards, just staring at the sky in disbelief. No, I have not seen that it's, one yet. It's incredible. <laughs> the, right. There's a guy on Twitter that said, when, when the Glock is extra and Bryson is just, <laughs> just in pain. Okay, put it in the group chat, please, Kyle. Come on. Yeah. I, I will. Send that our way. That's Mark Immelman, who is uh, live on the scene. What's up, Mark? Hello, Rick. I love golf, but I'm not liking golf very much right now. My one and done aspirations were rinsed on the heels of a five foot putt on the 18th you were getting here's what happened jim nance was patting you on the back yeah. air <laughs> yes. for this morikawa pick and it puts the jinx on it i think that's what happened right the announcer's jinx came back to bite you yeah it- he had said to me he goes listen it's it's not uh, forgotten on me that you mentioned in the zoom call because we were doing those re-airs for cbs and so they got us all together over the memorial re-air to preview this event. And we were talking about stuff and golf's comeback and what we've been up to. And then he's like, okay, he went around this virtual room. Who do you think's going to win? And the usual names, the McElroy's and stuff came out. And I was like, well, look, I like Rory, but I'm going to go outside, you know, the top few in the world and go for Mount Morikawa here. And uh, I just sort of let that sit. I said, I said, Kyle, I said, he's got a game like Hogan. Strikes the irons well, puts the ball in play, and uh, it nearly worked out. <laughs> I, I hope I hope they gave you as much crap as I did for that. No, well, as as Rick points out, I mean, the one and only Jim Nance, right at the top of our show when everyone's paying attention, they haven't fallen asleep just yet. Uh, references the fact that yeah, yeah, our, our market woman picked Colin Marikawa a few weeks ago, and look at this. I, I heard it. I knew I knew it was all downhill from there. So, uh, Mark, before we jump into the playoff and stuff, I just want to get one more kind of recap on what a Sunday was like without fans, because we, we mentioned all week, you know, on TV, it's kind of hard to tell. And especially coming down the stretch, that's when 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 the fans and, and the crowd would really kind of get incorporated into our world. How was it there on the course? Well, first off, Rick, uh, I'm so glad you said what you did about the on TV, you're not noticing a difference, because I've got to tell you, our production crew behind the scenes pulled off a miracle. I mean, they, they had limited cameras. The folks were doing multiple jobs apiece. And to pull off that show with so many folks in contention, hard, I, I don't think we missed a shot on Sunday, uh, a shot that meant something, was, was a mammoth feat by Lance Barrow and his crew and Steve Milton and and his camera folks, it was unreal. Um, so from the broadcast point of view, I'm glad to hear, hear that and I appreciate it. Um, yeah, Kyle, one thing. What, what's up? 
I was just going to say Greg Ducharme has entered the chat like Daniel Berger <laughs> entered the leaderboard on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. But, but Greg, Greg how, from the that, top rope. <laughs> yeah, but how's the backdrop? He's got Hogan at Marion. He's got a Masters flag. He's got a – what's that to you? This is medalist. This, these are both medalists over here. Yeah, and this whole good thing is new. It, this came in the mail today. Um, it, it was actually an early Father's Day gift. I got a, a, a week early. So I'm pretty excited about the, the Hogan pick there. Did Michael Breed give you a logo shirt? This is our course record shirt. Um, and our good friends at FootJoy give these to – yeah, this is definitely a, a favor from Michael and, and uh, our, our good friends at FootJoy. <laughs> I think I think Mark's background has that Hogan picture, but with Morikawa uh, photoshopping, <laughs> hitting, hitting the one iron at Marion. Okay, look look back to the job at hand here, Rick. Um, Thank you, Mark. <laughs> let me. It's like what's this? The inmates have taken over the asylum. Yeah. Um, the on the golf course, it was it was all golf. It was sort of crazy because you know the one thing the holes are kind of close together at Colonial there. So coming down 14, 15, 16, 17, you you can see what's going on if you look over. But Marikawa was was very into his job, and. The only reason why I knew that Berger had got, pardon me, not Berger, um, Xander had gotten into trouble on 15 was because I had a monitor in front of me and I was listening and seeing the show. And then when he makes the putt on 16, nobody knew about it. There was that group of folks who were outside the ropes on 16T. I don't think they saw that. So there were no chairs. So it was kind of crazy. And then when Berger birdies 18, no one knew it. Yeah. And, and, when, and then the leaderboard on 18, when you're walking down the fairway towards the green, it's sort of players left pointing toward the green. So when Marikawa walked past there, he didn't turn around and have a look. I don't know. I didn't see if he looked when he was on the green because he had the putt to obviously um, get one ahead of, become one ahead of uh, Daniel on, on 18 green. But it was so crazy not hearing the crowd reaction and having so much on the line. You know, it was basically just pure golf, really, is what it was. You know what it was like, Mark? What? It was like a U.S. amateur. Yeah, well, that's do you remember, do you remember the uh, the the uh, Doc Redmond Doug Gim at Riviera a couple of years ago where it was just just insane, like on the on the uh, back nine where people are pouring in like forty footers and thirty footers, and it's they're just going back and forth. That's what today felt like, and it felt uh, I I don't know if like pure is the right word. That's probably dumb because they're playing for like eight million dollars or whatever. But it just felt more. It just felt less manufactured than sometimes some of this stuff does. Not not just in golf, but in sports in general. Well, I tell I, t- I tell you what was this too. Now look, the PGA Tour is an entertainment league, and folks come to be entertained. And and when you come to golf on a weekend afternoon, and you have yourself a few beverages and stuff, you can have some fun in the heat. And so it, it was nice also to not have. You know, folks, a little bit of heckling. You know, there's not a lot of it, but you get that sort of stuff. And then you get the mashed potato guy and the get in the hole guy. And that. so, so it was not. It was nice not having that sort of stuff too. But I don't fault those guys because if you want to come and you want to have a few drinks and have some fun and shot some stuff, go ahead. I mean, that's the nature of the game. I am f- in favor of sending the mashed potato and getting the hole guy directly into the sun. That is my <laughs> hot take. I what about Baba Booey? <laughs> but whatever it is, I can't stand it. So we had a we had a a week without it. It was quite the the, the telecast. Uh, Greg, let's bring you in on this. Obviously, Daniel Berger sixty six to one to win this event before it started defeats Colin Morikawa in a playoff, the first playoff at Colonial since two thousand and fourteen. Uh, this was I don't know. We talked about this a little bit on on HQ, and I want to kind of pose this to you, Greg. Did Daniel Berger? win this golf tournament or did anyone else Colin Morikawa, Xander Shoffley, whatever other name you want to put in here, lose the golf tournament? Ooh, th- this is a tough question because there's yeah. definitely, there's, there's no question Morikawa with that putt in the playoff kind of gives it away, right? He misses a seven footer on 18 that could have been to win. So it kind of gives it away. You have uh Bryson DeChambeau missing a putt on 18 uh, you have Justin Rose missing a putt on 18. I mean, everybody missed a putt on 18, but there were so many players that were in the mix because Xander uh, and Morikawa really didn't, they didn't run away. They had their separation. They had opportunities to create space and really put Daniel Berger out of it. So I'll give you a little, for instance, uh, you think about how far back can a player come to win a, a PGA tour event? 
And I was thinking about this coming into the day with like with a Rory McIlroy. What will he have to shoot? And you enter the day at three back. So that doesn't seem like a lot, but you have all these players that are capable of going really low. And I I had to figure there was going to be a 65 somewhere in that group. I don't know where, but somewhere of a guy who's at 12 or 13 under. So now you're looking at 17 or 18 under to win. And that takes a, uh, Daniel Berger, who gets to 15 under, now all of a sudden he's got to shoot a 64 or a 63 for a chance to win. And it's just very unlikely to happen. So a lot of the guys that were at 12 under, the uh, Justin Thomas, uh, Colin Morikawa, a lot of these guys, in my opinion, let a Daniel Berger into the mix. And, and then some short putts at the end there definitely cost it. So I, I think Daniel did everything that you have to do to win a PGA Tour event. Um, but he definitely, without question, had a lot of help. You know, Greg, I hear you there. I, I hear what you're talking about. But for the first time this week, this golf course played like we all were hoping it was going to. Um, it was crusty out in the fairway. The rough was wispy. If you win the rough, it was a lottery. I mean, you really had to be really skilled and a little lucky to get the ball to go the right distance. There were crosswinds on a number of holes. Lord knows we saw them trip up Jordan Spieth in the biggest way with a driver. And then you get the greens, even though the ball was hitting and they were still receptive, they had a crustiness to them. And I, I remember a putt like on 15, Marikawa head down the hill from about 12, 13 feet. I mean, this thing in the morning, he probably buries it. But in the afternoon, he hit it so easy that the ball was almost sidewinding going down the, uh, down the hill there. So the afternoon, the late wave, those guys you referenced, the 12 unders and better, they played in some different conditions, man. It was, it was almost major championship-esque out there. And, uh, and so as a result, yes, perhaps they conceded the thing, but Daniel went and fetched them. I mean, what did he shoot in the final round? 66? Yeah, 66. That, that was a good round in the afternoon wave. It really was because Marikawa played nicely, I thought, and, and, and he was three under in the final there. It was a good round. Berger did exactly what he had to do. So I'm certainly in the camp that he won this golf tournament. Kyle, the argument against uh, that and, and that saying Colin Morikawa lost it is is the putter, right? He, he missed the shorty on, uh, what was it, 18 to, to get into the clubhouse at 16 under. He missed, a, he missed another good opportunity in the playoff. Um, I made this analogy before we went live, but I want to reiterate this. This is to me like in baseball, it's the bottom of the ninth and you have a third baseman that can't handle a ground ball. Like it, the ball is definitely going to find him. And when you are a golfer, uh, whatever your weakness might be, which in this case, it's Colin, Colin Morikawa's weakness is obviously the putter. He ranks 174th on tour in strokes gained putting that's the thing that he has to rely on in big moments. It's like, of course he does. Like, of course this finds him here with, with, you know, short putts on the last two holes. Yeah. And, and uh, not just that, but what was it? Uh, 12. Where, yeah. Where he had he, a three putt on 12. You're right. Yeah. Where he, but then, but then he makes the 49 footer on yeah. 14. Yeah. 14. Yeah, that was and so, good. I don't know. I, I mean, what, I don't know what his overall strokes gain was in putting on the on the on the back nine. I, I just I hate I, I hate to pin everything on one hole, right? You look at you look at eight, and and you're. I mean, that doesn't mean what you say is is wrong, Rick. I, I think it is right. Um, but then again, it's like how sick of a wedge do you have to hit to get it to six feet on eighteen as well? So you got to get. Cra- I don't know. You, you could you could go back and forth on this stuff forever. That wedge on 18, by the way, were you standing there, Mark? I was. And, and I want to tell you this. I'm down there on the tee, obviously, and he likes to go to that left to right fade when he's pressured. And the wind's sort of off the right, a little bit of hurt, really. And I set the thing up to Feldo. I'm like, this is perfect for him. You hold the cut against this right to left breeze. And he made probably his worst swing of the day and pulled it into the trees. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it kicks out there. And I'm down. Then I walk down the fairway ahead, and me and my spotter, Greg, are getting the yardage. And JJ's caddy's out ahead and he's looking in the trees and we're like, dude, the ball's here. And he looks at me and he goes, really? And Colin, when he looked over the hill at this and the smile on his face was palpable. <laughs> and he, and, and, and JJ goes, you didn't, I actually told him that was a perfect line off the tree into the fair on the left. So there was a lot of good fortune involved there too, you know, with, with that big break there on, on, on 18. But that's what makes up a golf event. To your point, you can't pin it on one shot. 
Although everyone will talk about the miss on 18 and the miss in the playoff. That was the uh, the Tiger uh, out of the rough in 2000 at Valhalla break. <laughs> Bob May, yeah. Where, oh, the, where, the, where the fan threw it back in. I mean, That one was it, a little it, un- unnatural. It bounced back, it bounced back over. Uh, I, the shot, on, the wedge on 18, though, that was the one for me where I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, that was, wait, that the way was... he... Cu- the way he like leaned into it and kind of held it off at the end, I was like, oh man, this thing, like this is over. And then for him to miss the putt, it was just, it was such a bummer. And and I felt like, you know, you're kind of talking about this, Rick, the way it ended, I, I don't, I don't look at it as like it was given away. It just felt a little hollow. Like it was almost good that fans weren't there because what, what would the, what would the reaction have been like? There, I mean, it would have been weird, you know, <gasps> from, <gasps> Yeah, from yeah. from Morikawa's both of his putts to Xander's putt, it just the way it ended was kind of a bummer after such an exciting uh, four days. Hey, describe your opinions of Morikawa's wedge into eighteen again, just for me, please, Kyle. Oh my gosh, it was just like held off, just like he he does that little like <laughs> does that little leaning thing, like when he when he hits one good, and it's it's oh I love it, it's so good. Uh, so in other words, he can hit an iron pretty well, right? Yeah, yes. He does. Yes. Uh, someone said that a few months ago. Yeah, look, yeah. hey, I've I've already given you credit. What do you what do you I want? Somebody hear you say it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's never enough credit. I know. Uh, this is the this is the one question I have though. Um you can't give you can't pin it all on one hole, but at what point you're talking about this isn't a hole you're pinning it on, right? You're pinning it on a putt from and, and I'm not even going to 18 because people will miss seven foot putts yeah, all the yeah. time, especially with a chance to win. But the one on the one on 17 in the playoff, you can pin it on that. It, yeah, that that fair. is that's giving it away to me. That's right. that's losing an event. And it, that's the one where you always say, I don't want you, you don't want to see that happen. Daniel Berger doesn't want to win that way. It's the one that where the crowd gasps. And so I do think it's fair to say that he he gave it away from that very very short putt but it's not the entirety of the hole i will, i hear you i agree but honestly i think the mistake was made off the tee he had a four iron in his hand it's a wide fairway sort of sitting caddy corner to you you aim it at the bunker down yeah. the left which is 240 yes the wind was blowing hard off the left so if you're a little off the the error will be exacerbated but missing that fairway with a long iron that was cardinal and to but, the right no, you, were, you were playing defense from there from 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 when the ball left the club face so yeah the putt was bad but it all started he, he was against the ropes from after that t-shirt I, I am so glad that Berger finished and did not mark his ball in the playoff just to put the little extra twist into into Morikawa there that he has to make it. So I, I love that. Um, it, we're talking about specific shots and memorable shots. Well, uh, some of the more memorable shots from Sunday's final rounds came from Xander Shawfley. And if you want to talk about a roller coaster, gentlemen, uh, it was uh, the last four holes for this guy were unbelievable. So he hits his approach in the water on 15, hits a terrible pitch up the hill, and then drains the 31-footer to only drop one shot. Uh, Then he goes to 16, which is a par 3, hits it to 25 feet, rolls that in to get that one shot he just gave up right right back. That putt he made there, as Kyle would say, was sick. I mean, that that was sick. And then he goes to 17 gentlemen, which is the site of these missed short putts. And he hits this three footer. uh, Was it more than halfway down Kyle? Like this thing was like, it was in the hole. I don't know how it came back out. Xander gave us the full Spieth experience after Spieth was dropped from coverage. Yeah, Someone has to take over the role and and Xander (laughs) took it. It was, uh, I mean, he finished. He finished five two five four to miss a playoff by one. I mean, the whole thing, and then he leaves the putt short on eighteen, and and it's yeah, just, yeah. I don't know. It it was, I don't know what to do with Xander, man. You know, I I, I saw somebody on Twitter say he's uh, he's basically Ricky, but with worse PR, which is hilarious. <laughs> That's actually kind of true, though. <laughs> which is just an, an unbelievable comparison. Um, which is not, a, I mean, look, Ricky's like a top 25 golfer in the world. It's not a bad place to be. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what, what to make of his career and not that you want to like start projecting off of one event, but 
I don't know. Like he, he just, he just didn't close. He didn't have a bad day. He shot what? 68, 69, something like that. 69. But he just didn't, he didn't close it there at the end. And that was, that was a little disappointing, especially with him being out in front. And like Greg said, nobody really making a, a true like 64, 65 type move throughout the day. This was Xander's tournament to me. I, I like it, I look at this tournament and I think 15 hitting it in the water on 15 was you could see the look in his face. He couldn't believe he just did that. And I, so that one is like a little bit of a of a giveaway. It does great to make a bogey. And then uh, and then on 16 makes that putt. And I'm like, OK, this is the this is why Xander's not like a Ricky Fowler. Right. This is the <laughs> this is the the grit that's going to make him a great player, the great player that that I at least expect him to become. And then the put on 17. And I just, I don't now I'm where you sit, Kyle. I don't know what to make of it. I, I don't know where to go with it. He did leave a couple putts short throughout the round today earlier uh, on number 10. I believe it was on nine and 10. He had some good looks that he was a little tentative on. Um, and, but man, he's so, the guy's so good and he steps up in these big events and he puts himself right in contention I look at Xander as a guy who's one level away. There, there's one more level. Kyle, you've talked about it all the time. He's got to learn how to handle a 54-hole lead. And I think he just has to take a little different of, of, of approach. And just real quickly, I heard Webb Simpson talk about his playoff record earlier in the year. We had him on interviewing him, and he was talking about how he kept losing in playoffs. It was He was like over. And he realized that he wasn't being aggressive enough when he got to a playoff. He would kind of relax. And I wonder if Xander needs to harness a little bit of this. I got to play aggressive as if I'm two back when I go into the final round with the lead and try to extend the lead the way many of the greats have discussed. And I think he's just one step away. And and from there, I think this guy's really, really good. So I, I this is sort of my Ricky take of like, it seems like Ricky doesn't internally like, um, he doesn't like understand the rhythm of a 72 hole event. To where you're, you're like, like you're trying to have your like peak at the right time at the very end, yeah. right? And Ricky's always like this, like he's just flat, like the whole way across, which is great at like a U.S. Open that's really difficult because you yeah. just want to be, you just want to be flat. But when when the tournament's up and down like this, you want to you, and this is what Spieth has always been so good at is you you're, you're peaking at the very end. Rory's pretty good at it as well. JT's really good at it. And for guys like Xander and Ricky, they're just so flat. DJ's kind of like that too. DJ's so good that he kind of wins anyway, like just cause he's so talented, but it's almost like they don't, they don't know when to press and when to not press. They don't know when to be aggressive and when, and when to pull back. And I, and maybe that comes with time or maybe it never comes at all. But I, I, I get the same feeling with Xander as I have with Ricky over the course of his career. Mark, was there like a, talk to me about the tension kind of down the stretch there. Was it more, more palpable because it was quiet was, I mean, we, we heard, I forget who it was saying, you know, and it's, it's harder to kind of tell where you're at. You don't have the roars. You don't know when someone just made a, a number somewhere, but could, were, were these guys, I mean, what was the, the feeling like coming down the stretch there as, as you know, Xander's walking up 17, all that good stuff. Well, there were enough leaderboards coming down the last few holes from like 14 on that you, if you chose to look would know where you were. I mean, there was a big board there on 14 when Xander made that, when Colin made that bomb, um, then there was a board uh, left of 16. Where if you're standing on the green and you look down 17 fairway, you would see it. And then there was one on 17 and one on 18. So it, it, you, you, to feel it, you would have to look at the board. But the truth of it, these guys have got that sense. You know, It's like they got the sense about the 36-hole cut. They, they kind of know what it's going to take. They don't need someone to tell them. And so when you're sitting like that, you've got the sense that you're in the mix and you could see it. I mean, you, you could see it on their faces. Like when, when Marikawa had that uh, three-putt on 12, uh, you could see he was deflated some. And then when Spieth buries that bomb on 12, rattles off the flags that goes in, and then birdies 13, all of a sudden you start, because I'm talking about this group because I had them. Then you see all of a sudden he's up and he runs to 14T and then whips one out of bounds. Um, so, and then you could see the deflation. And so you could see that the moods go up and down. So there was definitely a tension about it, just – you know, they just didn't have the gallery to sort of feed you know, that intensity and that fire. I like that, that the guys kind of always know. They just know. They yeah. have that feeling. That's a, a great way to put it. 
One of the larger storylines of the weekend, see what I'm about to do here, is Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, Very who, good. Thank you. Uh, so <laughs> Bryson, gentlemen, led the field in strokes gained off the tee, as he told us he would. Um, longest drive that he had was 367 yards. Is Am I reading that right? Unbelievable stuff here. Kyle, the question to you, is has Bryson DeChambeau broken golf? <laughs> <laughs> pretty big, pretty big ask here. <laughs> I think he's going to break himself if he keeps doing this. I, uh, you know, somebody, I can't remember. I wish I could give them credit because I can't remember who pointed this out. It might have been Alan Shipnuck on Twitter. But it's not like Colonial is a place that rewards you for being super long. Yes. Right? Did, were you the one that pointed this out, Rick? No, but I saw that. I don't know who it was, but I saw this and I agree with this. So I'll uh, let you finish this take. This is good. So what's it going to be like? I'm, I mean, for example, if you get to like, well, they don't play Bridgestone anymore, but a place like that where you can just open it up and let it go and and you have that much more of an advantage. I mean, he averaged, I think he averaged like 340 and a half off the tee, which was one yard longer than Matthew Wolf. I mean, he is just so committed to this style. And I think I, I think it's like the thing that you want to be committed to. Like if you're if you're trying to win a lot on the PGA Tour over the next five or ten years, what's the what's the 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 shortcut to get there? It's being just just it's being number one in strokes hand off the tee. And he's clearly like changed his entire life to get to get to that point. And if that's if that's his goal, I think it's going to work out for him. Uh, certainly. So, so Greg, from a kind of like an instructional standpoint, from like, okay, obviously I'm not a PGA Tour pro. I'm not sure if you guys are aware of that or not. But when I work on something, <laughs> surprise to me, <laughs> I know when I work on something a lot. You know, if I'm hitting my driver over and over and over again, maybe I lose touch with the putter, and then I go back and I try to fix the putter, and I can't hit my irons anymore. I'm just flipping back and forth between the numbers from Bryson last year and this year so far. And he is basically, I mean, within a few percentage points of everything else staying the same. He's a little bit better around the greens. He's a little bit better putter. Uh, his, his approach game is almost identical. And then he gets this massive jump off the tee. I guess I'm just surprised that the rest of his game hasn't really faltered at all here. I'm a little surprised that his short game hasn't faltered at all. But uh, so a couple things here. One, when you increase your speed, um, accuracy becomes more challenging. So that is a big uh, surprise. I don't know if I call it a surprise, but I'm extremely impressed that he's been able to maintain accuracy off the tee with this great distance. The, the next thing, the reason why strokes gain off the tee is not only so important, but why it favors long hitters over accurate hitters so heavily is because the clubs you have into greens are shorter. So you're talking about gaining strokes now. So why does his approach game, uh, why does it stay relatively similar? Well, you end up with shorter clubs in your bag. You're, you're, you're able to just by the, the tool that you have in your hand to add more spin, which makes the greens bigger. So you're going to hit more greens. You're going to hit it closer to the hole. And you could see he was third in proximity to the hole this week. So very, very uh, accurate in that sense. Having shorter clubs in is a huge advantage. Distance will always be an advantage. The last thing that I'll point out is it's clear that he works very hard and he works very hard with a plan. And he did not neglect the short game the way many people have said he neglects his leg work. Um, so I think uh, <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty you good. Say, you say that like it's not true. I'm pretty sure that's true. Well, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know if he has time in the day. I've heard he's working out three times a day. Not I, not to, not much time in that 15 minute B-roll video was devoted to leg. Um, <laughs> Let me say, <laughs> have you guys seen the gif where he's like flexing over his head? Yeah. He can't even like, he can't get his arms all the way up. I know. <laughs> I don't, I, I mean, we're kind of joking about it, but seriously, like how does he have touch on like a 94 yard shot? It's well, he, he, he practices it. That's my, I, I don't see speed is a skill that you need to work at to obtain, but it doesn't require as much practice as it doesn't require as much practice 
as say short game and touch to understand all these nuances. I, it, it, it takes time and it takes effort. No question. And he has worked to work out three times a day to change your body, forget golf to change your body the way that he has in the amount of time that he has is ridiculous, but it speaks to his work ethic to me. And I think he's spending a ton of time in the short game while also spending a ton of time in the gym on his upper body. He's, uh, Carl, he's using um, launch monitor data uh, on the short shots, and he's also got this equipment, I don't know the name of it, but it basically measures the speed at which your your limbs and stuff are moving. So he's got this this system where it's like, a imagine a clock face, right, with 9.30 to, to 3.30 or whatever. If I do it at this speed, the ball's going to go X far, and so they measure the speed of the ball. Everything's becoming scientific with him. So, so he's, he's effectively learning touch, with digital feedback is what's happening. He's I mean, he, He's also like drinking bacon grease, but like, I don't know that that's what we should be emulating. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I think one, one point about Bryson is his swing was already a little bit. Um, I, I don't know how you would describe it, Greg, but it seems, a, a, and, and, and even his putting stroke, just a little mechanical. So yeah, so no he, question. He didn't, he did he never really seemed like to have a lot of fluidity or, or like touch in terms of the way it looked. So maybe that works to his advantage uh, in terms of him bulking up that he doesn't re- he doesn't use it. He doesn't snap his arms like a, I don't know, a, a chess and Hadley. I'm just picking the guy with the longest arms that I can think of. Like he, he, he there, there's not that there wasn't that fluidity before. So he's not really losing a lot by looking like a NFL linebacker now. definitely mechanical the whole the whole idea his whole theory the whole philosophy is uh basically a single lever golf swing that controls the face he swing with with wedges he swings his arms and the club become almost one so you limit uh the different levers in there and you get into all these kind of physics things that i don't understand but the the idea is yeah it's mechanical and it could be measured it's very interesting to hear that he's measuring his arm speed um, but Mark, I think that's a great point. Learning feel through digital feedback. It, it's, it's almost like it's not feel it's like a calculation and he's just able to emulate it through simple practice. Well, essentially this is what it is. It's, it's aerodynamics. Like when a pilot gets in an airplane and he has to take off, the plane has to go at 180 mile an hour with a certain flap setting, then it'll take off because of lift and speed and thrust and stuff. So it's the same thing with a golf ball. Certain amount of spin, certain amount of speed, it's going to fly a certain way. And then they do the other calculations with, you know, relative air density and blah, 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 blah. And, two and trades so, left Chicago, 15 minutes apart. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so uh, uh, certain folks just have it. Like a, like a Ben Crenshaw or Brad Faxon or a Phil Mickelson. They've just got that sense. And certain folks kind of don't. But apparently now it's learn. It's, it's, it's learnable. You know, for the longest time, we all believed that you just had it or you didn't. And you just practiced and practiced and practiced. And then hopefully you developed some touch. Well, now you can get instant feedback. Not some teacher telling you, well, that's it. And you're looking at the ball. You're getting a, a monitor saying, well, the ball's moving at X mile an hour and spinning as such. And you know you're moving at a certain speed. So you're like, okay, well, that's what that feels like. Now I can strive for that again. And to use Tiger's term, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm striving to get my feels. You know, that's that's the feels stuff over there. I I do have concern around like thinking that he's just gonna like drive himself it, just like just completely insane. And and like five years from now, we're gonna be like, hey, what about what happened to Bryson? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh well, he weighs 425 pounds, and <laughs> and he's trying to and he's trying to shoot a 56 at Merido every day. That's what he does. Like that's his life. And you're like, well, didn't he used to be on the PGA tour? Like, <laughs> like the, the, the stuff that's going on is, is you we're know. talking about, we're trying to explain it. This is psychotic. Like what he's doing is crazy. <laughs> you joke. Okay. You youngsters, not my old timing. This is going to show up. Any of you aware of a guy called Mo Norman? Yes. Yeah, yes. of course. Right? So Mo Norman one time, I know my a friend of mine was caddying for him at the time was in a Canadian event. He looks at my friend on the final hole. He's got a lead. He says to the guy, goes, what's this hole? And the guy goes, it's like a three iron and a wedge and then a couple of putts. So it's a wedge off the tee and a three iron on the green and takes two putts and wins. <laughs> yeah, there are people like this, huh? 
Yeah, that, that's he, also psychotic. <laughs> the, there's one, the one thing about Bryson that I think is important to reference, and I'm with, I'm completely with you, Kyle. It's crazy, <laughs> and I can see where you're going. It makes me laugh, but at the same time, uh, he, this guy has done things differently for a very long time. And it's always worked at every single level of the game. He goes to college. He's got single length clubs. Coaches are like, what, what is this kid? What is this kid doing? He's got jumbo <laughs> grips on there. It, there. People don't believe him. And all, all one person believes in him at SFU. He, he goes on, he wins the national championship, gets to the PGA tour. People are like, what is this guy? It, it, what is this? What single line clubs? What is this guy doing? And all of a sudden he wins five times. Now he's bulking up like crazy. And people are like, this is psychotic. <laughs> and, and now I wonder, is he going to just continue to win? Every time he does something, people question it. And every time it seems to work, I, it's just hard to imagine that this continues to work. <laughs> okay. Well, I've got to give a shout out to Josh Gregory, who was the coach at Augusta State who believed in Patrick Reed and it turned into two national championships. He moved to SMU. He signed one Brasson DeChambeau, who was an NCAA national champion. So kudos right. to Josh go. for looking outside of the box. Bryson's turning himself into one of those iron Byron machines. You know, the thing that just iron swings Bryson. around on that. <laughs> iron, iron Bryson. That's what we'll have. Um, all right. We got to talk about this guy. Uh, he finished T10. Uh, he shot a 71 and he was the most entertaining golfer on the course for good or bad kyle porter like i don't even know man was this good are you encouraged by what you saw from jordan spieth this week or are you even more like i I don't even know i might be more discouraged now i I have no idea i i don't think i can do this for like many more weeks i don't don't think this is this is an amusement park ride that uh, the safety committee has not fully vetted. Like this it's has not been decommissioned. This it is, is it is unsafe to ride this ride for the foreseeable future. <laughs> I don't I don't know what to think. I mean, he kind of I, I didn't see his final uh, strokes gained off the tee numbers, but going into Sunday, they were really good. He was like top fifteen, I think. It was going down every day, brother. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's unsurprising, but I don't know. I, I think I was encouraged because I mean, we joke about it. It was a little, it was a little bit like just Spethian, like the way he played to where every shot you see, you're like, oh my gosh, like what, what's going on now? But then you, you start looking at the numbers. You're like, ah, they're not that bad. You know, like, like T to green. What does anybody have his final numbers in front of you? T- yeah. What do you want to know? T to green for the week. He was almost dead. Even 0.14 on the positive side. He gained a shot and a half off the T. Go ahead, Mark. Remember I said that wind would expose. Remember yes. the wind was blowing 15 ish today. 62 out of 67 players strokes gained T to green today. Now, I'm not picking on Jordan Spieth, but I was going to say, because I was laughing at Kyle so much, you know me, I like to send the group with the quick text message before the show, even when I'm on the course for a quick update so you guys get it before shop link. <laughs> I didn't have time to send texts because I was walking back and forth across <laughs> the fairways to try and find his golf balls, Kyle. Yeah, he was uh, he was first in putting, and he still finished tenth. So yeah, I guess I I I think I'm discouraged. I, I just I I don't know. It was fun. I think it was something. It, it was made it? Me, it was it was thrilling. I don't know if it was actually fun. It was like a it was like a, a haunted house or something. Yes, I, I watched him a little bit before our show went on the air, and he blew a tee shot wide right in the first and made. Um, and then he had a wedge into the green from like 30 yards and he duffed it short of the green and chipped and putt for a pot. Then on two, he makes a decent par. Three, he hits a couple of quality shots. Four, he hits a six iron in there about 40 feet and buries it. So all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, here we go. And then five, he hits an iron off the tee into the fairway but blows it over the back of the green. I don't know how. In the bunker, and makes a bogey. And then we come on the air and we've got him on six. And at this stage, he is tied for the lead maybe or one off the lead or something like that. And he's ahead of Marikawa. He hits a wedge in there, poor for him, about 20 feet behind the flag and three putts. And from there, it just kind of started snowballing. Then he bogeyed seven. Then he made a weak swing on eight and made a bogey over there. Then he hits the flagstick on nine and makes a pong. So it was just up and down and up and down. And I mean, it was 
my spotter joked with me he goes it's this is like a bad mood it's like a child in a bad mood you know you never know what you're getting with us either they're happy or they're sad or they're morose it was it was just a crazy round to watch i i gotta think there's some hope to be taken out of this right uh there's there's definitely some good things right the putter's working he had a great day on friday with the driver i have to think there's some confidence some but but for this round to happen on on sunday to me, it, it it leaves me in this place where I think he finished tied 10th. Well, last year in this event, he finished tied 8th. And is this really any different, or is this just a venue that he really likes? Maybe November, at, come Masters time, he's going to be a part of the conversation. But is there anything that you can take into, uh, like, the RBC Heritage or, or uh, the U.S. Open or any of these, you know, Harding Park? Is there anything you can take away from that? Because to me, it's it's... I'm in this place where I wonder, is this just a course that he really likes and we haven't really made any improvements or have we really made improvements and Sunday was just a tough day. I, I'm, I sit on that fence. I don't know where to go. Maybe this will help. Sorry, sorry, Kyle, just real fast here. Um, the great Ben Hogan said golf is a game of misses and the yeah. guy who misses it the best is the guy who's probably going to win. And the problem with Jordan right now around the course, he's very comfortable on. I mean, he's set all sorts of scoring records around this place Carl, you can help me with this. But his miss was in two directions. It wasn't going in one direction. And when you got that going on, there's nothing you can aim. And then all of a sudden, because he had like left, left, and then he gets to 14 there, that difficult par four, sort of back into a quartering left to right breeze. And he gets up there with driver. And if any right-handed golfer, you guys know, if you've got the wind into your back and across you, it's going to expose things. And he had that thing so far right. It, bound, it, it almost flew straight out of bounds, and that was 40 yards to the right of the fairway. I, I mean, I think I think the point you bring up is a good one, Mark, because when I watch him, the thing that I think, especially over the tee shot, is he has no idea where this is going. And I, and I think that's what he thinks when he's over the, the ball. And that's just not a place you can live. You can be the best putter of all time, and you can't live there. The thing I was going to say earlier, Mark, you should have – I, I really, I almost texted you this. I wanted you to just pull Morikawa off the course so he didn't have to watch that all day. Like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't need that in his head for the rest of the year. <laughs> He's, well, Spieth is going to be in prison uh, all week long at, at Harbortown next yeah. week. That's going to yeah. be. You know what? I think he's going to play well there. I mean, this is a guy that came in there, remember, after he won the Masters, which was his this historic win. He breaks records and stuff like that and goes in there. Goes up to New York, goes on the whirlwind media tours on the Empire State Building, doing the Letterman show, the whole thing. Comes in there to Harbor Town, day before the event, never seen the golf course. Goes out in 40 and comes back in 29 or something for 69, if memory serves me. Or well, something like that. And, and it's the kind of place where his iron game is sound enough that he can just sort of position the ball around the place, you know, work the magic there with the short game stuff. And, and I think, I personally think he'll play decently at Harbor Town, it's when you ask him to start hitting the driver hard, that's when the stuff starts hitting the fan. Yeah, <laughs> certainly, certainly does. Uh, the putter is unbelievable, though. Um, all right, gentlemen, here's what we're going to do. We have our first ever winner of the first cut matchup challenge belt coming on the other side, and we'll give a one and done update. But first, let's take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we're back. So this is something we started for the first time last week. We went through and all chose 10 different matchup bets, uh, head-to-heads for the tournament. And I have the results, gentlemen. Uh, We all did pretty well. Myself, I almost said Rick and myself, Kyle and myself, five and five. We are five, 500 record. We'll, we'll take that. Uh, Mark and Greg, you were both six and six. So we went to the tiebreaker, which the tiebreak is using the units and the odds involved to see how many units you would have won here. And the first ever first cut matchup challenge belt winner is you, Mark Immelman. Congratulations. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to thank my sponsors and, and my family at home for making the sacrifice. I mean, this means so much to me. Uh, what a great way to start the season. And I'm looking forward to the momentum that this is going to carry on. And I know that was a gen- genuine reaction because you don't even read the outlines. And that's the only place where those results were available. So that was that was the first time he's ever seen. Outline, where's that on YouTube? It's on the YouTube, yeah. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> Um, so well done. So six and four, six and four for, for you and, uh, Greg. Now we'll have to figure out how we're going to do this. We'll keep the season long records, but, uh, it's like the official world golf ranking. So Mark is the champion one week running one total week. We'll see how long he can keep that belt and the one and done update is in gentlemen. So if you remember before the break, Kyle Porter had jumped out to, uh, quite a lead. 3 million points is the currency that we use in this. And Kyle, you went with Webb Simpson this week, which got you a big fat zero. That was a, that was a tough scene. He, you, you updated the numbers. He didn't, he lose like four strokes on Thursday uh, yes. on approach shots or something. Uh, yeah. His, I, his Thursday round was one of the worst approach rounds I have on him. Like ever three, 3.2. He lost did not, did not envision that one. Didn't see yeah. that coming. No, not, I, but he, I mean, he played much better in, 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 on Thursday or uh, excuse me on, on Friday, he goes to a place where I think is a pretty good fit for him at Harbor town. So we'll see what he can do. Um, let's see who else I have here in, uh, oh, I'll save that one. Cause he had the best pick of the day. Okay. Greg, you stole my guy here. I wanted to use Justin Rose. However, I had already burned him at Tory. Uh, with a miscut. Thank you very much. Yeah, nice. So he gets you, Greg, 366,000 points for his T3, a big group of golfers at T3. This moves you up into second place, Greg, about $400,000 behind Kyle. Um, I, here's what I'll say about Justin Rose. I was... I, he wasn't my pick to win, as you know. I, I was a big fan of him, as we talked about. Uh, and I know you, he was your pick for the week, right? So I, I definitely liked him. I thought, and he was kind of low risk to me. If I burned him, I know you had already burned him at Tory. It wasn't like a huge Justin Rose is going to go on and win majors. Now I almost feel like I, I should have taken someone else because Rosie to me has a great future for the rest of the year ahead of him. So I'm not sure. I'm, I'm very happy with a third place finish, but. I kind of feel like I I burned a guy. I think Rosie's going to get a win and probably a big one sometime soon. How about a, in Augusta where I have a 40 to 1 ticket? Can I get that from you, Greg? That's a that's a good ticket. Yeah, okay. It is. I picked in there last year and you know what that turned into? Well, yeah, it's first miscut, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I had Bryson. So I also get third place money here, 366,000. I thought this was going to get me out of the basement, but I am still like 40,000 bucks behind. So I'm coming for you boys. It's just going to be a little bit later, but the big winner of the week, Mark, you win, you win the challenge belt. You have the best pick out of the one and done pool, almost pulled off the W, but it's Colin Morikawa with his, uh, his P2. His second place in the playoff, 817,000 points. It moves you basically into, you're in fourth place. So it's KP, it's Greg, it's producer Jacob, and you are in fourth uh, right there with 1.9 million points. Yeah, um, look, I appreciate Colin Marikawa. Wish you could make a seven-foot putt on the last, but you know what? That's a nice start. Wow. You did, <laughs> doing the, uh, during, it was all about just the preparation and, and, and the mindset during the lockdown, I wanted to come out strong, you know, refocused. Um, I sound like Justin Rose and things didn't go so well before the lockdown. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, 
and, and I just had a belief in him, and I have a belief in him anywhere. And just this, this just seemed like such a natural fit, and and thankfully it worked out. I mean, the guy is a fantastic golfer, and he can hit shots, and he can hit shots when it means something. He says he found a little something in the putting. Uh, I think it's not back to the drawing board, but I think it's just to iron that out. And, and, and man, the sky is the limit area. Did you write this speech like on the back nine on the course on Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was looking for Jordan Speed golf balls, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he was busy. Um, all right, gentlemen, how about this? Golf is back. We went 91 days without it. Uh, any final parting words? I'll give you 15 seconds. And a real 15 seconds, Greg. Not a Greg Ducharme 15 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> any any parting words that you would like to give us? I'm not sure if this is said early on, but I just I want to say from the bottom of my heart at CBS, Mark, this includes you. You guys did a great job. I didn't even notice no fans. I was a huge fan. The event was a huge success. I was thrilled. What did I do? Did I beat the clock? I think he did. Uh, was, that was unbelievable. I, I, okay, so I wasn't even paying attention. I The first time he said he was going to take 15 seconds, I had him on the clock. This time I completely forgot. Uh, all right, gentlemen, it has been a lot of fun. Golf is back. We Wait, are do right I, back do I get 15 next. seconds? Oh, sure. Go ahead. 15 <laughs> seconds, Kyle. 15 seconds. Kyle Moore, Kyle is going to have the best career out of Hovland, Wolves, and himself. Yes, my say 15 seconds. I commend you for admitting that because I know you're such an Oklahoma State boy. And he's golfing. so good. He's so good. It's unbelievable. There you go. There it is. RBC Heritage next week. We'll be right back at it. If you like what you've heard, go drop a rating and review. Obviously, tell a friend. Tell them you're listening to the First Cut Pod. You can't get enough. We're here for you all the time. Let me thank Mark Immelman at Mark underscore Immelman on Twitter and Instagram. It's Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. It's Greg Ducharme at The Real GFD. I'm Rick Gaiman at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.